Welcome to the 16th episode of Phenomenal Woman Wednesday. I am your host, Dr. Saran Nataki. Thank you for joining. Welcome to Power 365 Phenomenal Woman Wednesdays. This podcast will address issues ranging from what is a phenomenal woman? Are you enough? Community service, paying it forward, the manifestation of dreams with words and action, the power in being a woman, the men who support phenomenal women, fashion, and much more. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome back to Phenomenal Woman Wednesday. This week, I have a very special guest for you. She is a store owner. She owns a boutique of her own, Funky Flair Boutique in Atlanta, Georgia, and she is Miss Keisha Denise. Welcome, Keisha. Hey, so how Alex, are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I am doing good. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes. I am so humbled that you picked me to be on your show. You know, I love you so much. Thank you. I love you too. Now, Keisha and I have a history. Um, we came into Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated at the same time. So she is my parallel fans. And yes. so I'm just so honored to have you as a guest today. So I would like to, I'm going to hand over the mic to you um, and ask you to uh, introduce yourself to my listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the interview. Okay. Hello, everybody. I am Keisha Denise, the owner of Funky Flair Boutique and also the creator of Combos with Keisha. I am originally from Inglewood, California, the city of angels, Inglewood's <laughs> finest, uh, um, born and raised. I... Uh, moved to Atlanta, Georgia in 2006, and I always get the question of, why are you moving from L.A.? Um, at that time, I just wanted a change of pace, and I just wanted something different for myself. So I was like, you know what, let me move to Atlanta, and if I don't like it, I know I can always come back to L.A. because that's home. And, what, 13 years later, I'm still here. Um, I am an only child. I love people. I just got a cute puppy named Callie, and <laughs> I love that. I love fashion. Um, I love people, like I just said, and I actually know that I am walking in my purpose. And when you're walking in your purpose, you just everything is just organic and just everything is good. So that's why I am. Keep to me. Awesome. I love your response because on Phenomenal Woman Wednesday. Our whole purpose here is to promote authenticity. So being organic is right in alignment with what we stand for here. So that is amazing. And then, you know, moving to uh, Atlanta from Ingo, I remember that. And I just always thought that was so brave of you to do. That was so courageous. Like, were you were you fearful at all? Or did you feel like, um, like I know sometimes when you're, doing, you're moving through life, there are certain, like a door opens and you walk through it and it just feels right. Did it feel like that to you or were you like, did you have a little, you know, reservation when well, you were doing it? I think, well, for me, I can honestly say, well, sidebar, I'm an only child, um, no siblings, no stepbrothers, it's just me. So mm-hmm. when I moved to Atlanta, I, I don't think that, if I can really reflect back, I don't think that I was scared. I just knew that I wanted something different. Okay. And I think that when you have, when you shift your mindset of wanting something different or wanting more for yourself, you're willing to just take whatever comes your way. Yeah. And, and I just was, re- I was literally ready. I had, been, I had visited Atlanta three times. Actually, one was with our, uh, with our sorority. <laughs> she came to Atlanta with her one, one trip. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with the culture. 
Mm-hmm. And I had came back two more times after that. And I was like, yo, I'm, I'm moving. And I never forget, I was telling my mommy, uh, I was like, yeah, mommy, I'm moving. She's like, moving where? Around the corner? And I was like, no, I'm moving out of state. She's like, yeah, okay. And nobody believed me. And because I am a true quintessential L.A. girl. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom that came to my apartment. I was about the Boston and Fairfax, and I had boxes packed. And the um, the guy that actually shipped my car, he had the trailer out front. She was like, "Who's moving?" And I'm like, "Mommy, me." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you're for real." She's like, "Who's in Atlanta? Is it a man? What's going on?" And I'm like, "No man, no friends. I'm just out of here." And when I got on that plane and I landed at Hartsville Jackson Airport. Life changed for me, wow. and I think that I think that Atlanta has been one of the best decisions that I have made in my life. LA raised me, but Atlanta made me become the woman that I am now. Wow! So was I fearful? I don't think so. I just was ready to take whatever. Now, don't get it twisted. I've had some some situations and some jokers that I've come in contact with, but that could have happened in LA. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just I want to change. Part of I, becoming I a woman. Right, so mm-hmm. being fearful, I don't, I don't think so. But I'm kind of a risk taker anyway. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just was like, let's go. Okay, and I'm still here. Yeah, that sounds about right from what I know of you. So <laughs> yeah, 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 I just go. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. So there's um, there's three questions that I ask every guest on Phenomenal Woman Wednesday. So I'll just start with those, and then we'll move into some of the more um, some, some of the questions that I've curtailed for you. So, okay. what does it mean to you to be a phenomenal woman? To be a phenomenal woman to me is someone who is organic, authentic in her own skin. A phenomenal woman, she is strong. A phenomenal woman, she is. She can admit when she's wrong, and she can also admit when she's right, but not in a boastful manner. A phenomenal woman, she she just is the shit. <laughs> like she <laughs> is, she is who she is, and she makes no apologies about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, a phenomenal woman, and, and yes, I am a black woman. Uh, I think that all. Black women are phenomenal, but at the end of the day, a true quintessential phenomenal woman, she is strong and she is true to who she is, whether she is black, white, Latina, Armenian, whatever. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So in in keeping with that, um, who have been the phenomenal woman in your life? Oh, gosh, my mother. Um, Mm. My mother and my grandmother, rest in peace. Um, My grandmother... She is one of the main reasons why I am in fashion. Growing up, my mother, my grandmother, she was a skincare and she owned a cleaner. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch her sew clothes and handle the cleaning industry and, and, and just doing all of that. And she did it with seven kids. And wow. I just thought that that was dope. And mm-hmm. then as far as my mother is concerned, my mother, I was raised by a single mother. I watched my mom literally bust her butt to take care of me. You know, I went to private school from pre-K to eighth grade. Any extracurricular activity that I wanted to be in, she made a way. I don't know how, because it was just me and her. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, as I watched her, I always just thought that my mom was just dope. Like, for, for somebody to take, to sacrifice their life and in, in their personal goals for me, like, hands down, that's, 
It wow. will always be, you know, like my grandmother, you know, she passed away, but she, her spirit lives within me. So mm-hmm. the things that I do and the decisions that I make, I always think about, what will my granny do? Oh, you just had like some really amazing um, role models in your life, really strong women, your mom and your grandmother. And um, when you talk about there's there is something really unique about a single mother and um, how she has to dig deep and really provide and be um, it's really kind of a. It is a really unique act that a single mother has to do because they have to be both mother and father in the household, bringing, mm-hmm. swinging back and forth between masculine and feminine energy just to provide this right. balance for this child, you know, and hoping right. that they do it right. So, I mean, I I, I really commend single moms and um, to have one who did it in a way that you respect is even Absolutely. even more awesome. So... Kudos to your mom. Girl, girl, I love that lady so much. She drives me crazy, but that's Mm -hmm. my boo. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because, like, literally two days ago, I called my mom. Just, I mean, I talked to my mom two times a day anyway, but I just called her probably the third time of the day. And I was like, Mom, thank you. And she's like, what do you want? (laughs) I was like, I don't want anything. I just like to call and just give you props. And she was like, about what? And I said, as I'm sitting here and I'm, you know, I, I hike every day, and I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the interaction of, mothers and daughters and our relationship is so dope not everybody has a dope mother-daughter relationship oh, true. where that we that you and i have like i can talk to my mother about any and everything i am selective on certain things that i tell her but if i wanted to just be a full open book i can be that with my mother and she is non-judgmental and and just how she raised me like i see different articles and read different magazines of how mothers are not really there for their children or their daughters. And I'm like, damn, that's kind of janky. And I thank my mom for her. I thank my mom for sacrificing all of the things that she could have been doing to make sure that I was straight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my boo. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, once you, as you reflect on these women in your life, um, would you say that you've adopted any of these characteristics into your own person, like your own woman? Absolutely. Um, my mother, for example, is a hard worker. Both my mother and my grandmother, they were hard workers. Like, if you, if you can't do it right, don't do it at all. And I think that that mantra has, has been in my life, especially being a business owner. Um, and then just being, just loving what you do. That would be from my grandmother's uh, perspective of it. Um, my grandmother loves fashion, um, loves being around people, which is mm-hmm. what I do. And I definitely think that they're being who they are and were has definitely transcended upon me. Um, yeah. Like, I, I think that they were dope, and I think I'm pretty dope most of the time. So I would yeah. agree. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think, too, when I think back to many moons ago, you've always been very fashionable. You know, you always put your uh, best foot forward in terms of how you presented yourself. Um, I would say um, you were pretty flawless. Like, that would be like a word that I would use with you. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah. Thank you. And um, when I think about 
And I think that really resonated with me too about you. Like you just have this really bright personality. It's um, kind of addictive. Um, if you spend any time with Keisha, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> it's always fun. Like it, it's never, it's never sad. It's always fun. It's always upbeat. And I really appreciated that about you um, and, and how you presented yourself. My own mother was very fashionable. And, um, and so um, fashion is, it means something different for different people. Um, and so can you tell us uh, how you came to decide to open your own business? Like, how did you make that decision to open Funky Fair Boutique? So when I was in L.A., before I moved, I came to Atlanta with a plan. And when I was in L.A., I actually formulated the name from Celebrity, got, got an LLC in the whole shebang. And I always knew that I wanted a storefront. You know, okay. fast forward, everybody is like, oh, my God, you know, store, you always hear storefronts are risky, and why would you want to pay all that overhead? Mm-hmm. Again, I am a risk taker, so I was like, I'm going to do it. I've made up my mind, mm-hmm. um, but I knew that when I did the storefront, I wanted to be, in, I wanted to have an experience mm-hmm. um, for the customers, for the ladies that come in, and even for the gentlemen that come in and shop with their wives and their girlfriends. Storefronts, when you actually have a space where people can come and actually just talk about any and everything, you feel like it's your home away from home, and I think that by being in business for as long as I have, my storefront is a safe haven. Like, I have experienced with some of my customers, they talked about weddings, they talked about divorces. I even went to a, a divorce party for one of my clients, which was actually super fun. But, but having a storefront, it's just an experience. I want my people to come in and feel warm and fuzzy because I love fashion. When I would go to different high-end boutiques or even, you know, this, the sauces slot me. It was never an experience. It just would come in, buy your stuff, and keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that, I felt that we, I feel that retail lacks that. You know, you have people that are working in retail that are just working to get a check or because they quote-unquote want to be stylists. Yes, you can be a stylist and yes, you need to make income, but make it fun for yourself and make it fun for that person that's spending their hard-earned money with you. Mm-hmm. And you build up that rapport. People don't want to feel like that they're being uh, approached because it's about a dollar. People want to feel like they really care about that person. Yeah. Everybody that steps into funky certain teeth they can honest. I've had people say that when I'm not there, they're upset. Like, where's Keisha? And I make mm-hmm. you feel, I make you feel good about yourself, and I'm going to make you feel good about your purchase. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, yes, I'm in the business to make money. However, I have had customers that come in and roll spend a dime, but they remember how I made them feel. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to actually have a storefront. Now, given today's economy, we're in pandemic and. We're about to hit a recession and depression and all of these things that people are saying. I will continue to stay prayed up and try my very best to keep my doors open during this pandemic and even after because I create experiences. And I can't stress that enough because it's it's about just interaction with people. Mm -hmm. Like that is timeless and it's priceless. And when people come in and talk to me or I come to them, I'm impacting them just as much as I'm impacting them. No, that makes total sense. Uh, And just observing, you know, um, I purchased from Funky Flair Boutique myself, really wonderful pieces, really cute, trendy, um, sexy, you know, all of that. And, uh, and feminine and and affordable and feminine. So, um, and I really love how, um, you 
provide, you know, you make your clothes move live, you know, when you're doing your Instagram feeds and um, you're modeling the the wardrobe and, and, and Keisha is a, has a, a beautiful figure, by the way, she's, because <laughs> um, I, I eat air and water, but it's a, um, it's a woman's figure, like you have curves and um, a, I'm a real, it's beautiful. I'm a real girl. I'm a real girl. Yeah. I'm short. Mm-hmm. I got I got booty. I got hips. You know, sometimes I have to tuck my stomach in. Sometimes I let it hang out. Like I'm a real girl. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. So you market clothing that's for every woman. So I, I really right. like that. So um, yeah, Thank you. and I'll make sure that I provide um, a link to your your yeah, I can really, I really do understand what you mean about providing an experience just by watching even your Instagram feed. I haven't been to your store in person, but I, I feel like I've been there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, come on, whenever you come to ATL, Shawty, come through. I will. I absolutely will. <laughs> so when you're talking, so you kind of addressed this next question. So I was going to ask you about um, your journey to Funky Flare Boutique, but I think you've kind of, you've alluded to that, but. When you went to, when you, you took your, your first step into um, creating your new life in Atlanta, you said that when you were in L.A., you already had a name for it. You knew that you were going to have Funky Flair Boutique. You always knew you wanted a storefront. So when you stepped into L.A., I mean to uh, Atlanta, what was happening at that time? Like, how did you get from day one to Funky Flair Boutique? Okay, so from day, so when I moved to Atlanta, um, I did not have a job. Um, but I don't know if you knew this or not, but I used to do hair in L.A. Yes, I So did. I started doing hair. I found a salon here in Atlanta, and I was doing hair from 2006 to 2013, right before I opened up the boutique. Mm-hmm. And hair, the hair business fluctuates, so I was like, okay, I need an actual corporate job so that I can solidify X amount of paychecks that are coming in. So at the time, before I actually opened up the storefront, I was working for a company called Dermalogica. Um, mm-hmm. It was doing hair. So I was working full-time and doing hair full-time and just stacking that money. And in the midst of me being in the hair salon, I made it a point to, you know, get dressed. Most stylists, they have on the, uh, you know, their smocks and they usually wear sweats. I was still casual and comfy, but I always made my outfits work for what I was doing. So people were like, oh, my God, your outfit is cute. And, oh, my God, your hair is cute. So from that point, I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to build my clientele in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I am my own walking, I am my own walking billboard. So from being in the Perfect. salon, dressed cute, by being in corporate America, dressing cute, I was building that clientele right then and there. But because mm-hmm. I didn't have a physical storefront, I would go to neighboring salons and say, hey, y'all, I got accessories, I got clothes in the trunk of the car. Like I was in an L.A. hustle mode. Because that's all that I knew. Mm-hmm. And from that point, it got to be really, really big. And then I was like, okay, I'm driving all across Atlanta. This is getting to be a bit much. So I started doing pop-up shops. Mm-hmm. Um, renting out spaces or either having someone hosted at their home and they would call their girlfriends. And from there, I said, like, okay, I'm making the money. I'm making money from here. I'm making money from the full-time job. I'm making money from the pop-up shop. And I just started stacking those coins and... One day I was on good old Craigslist and I found a space and I was like, okay, found a space, went to it three times before I made a decision. And that third, that third time I went in there, I asked the uh, real estate agent because she stepped out and she was in 
crazy, but I didn't care. And I sat in that space and I prayed on that space. And then still took me, and I still was, I was still kind of hesitant because paying rent is a big move. And mm-hmm. God said, move. And I said, okay. And I paid my little deposit and we've been rocking and rolling everything. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I like what you said. This is why. So you, first you said you started branding yourself from day one. Mm-hmm. Like that matters. I always say that to yeah. people, you know, the way you never know who's paying attention to you. So it is really important how you present yourself in every format and every, every place that you go. So you use right. your actual job, you know, that you were, and I say job because a job is what you need to do to get to what you want to do. And you exactly. used your job and you right. used, um, a part of what your career was at that time, you know, doing hair, you use those as opportunities to market yourself. So you were branding yourself. You started small scale from the trunk of your car and then you started a pop, you started use, utilizing pop-ups. So you took the next step. Mm-hmm. Then you saved yeah, your money. Saved your money. That's yeah. important because people Absolutely. think that they look, when they look at social media, they'll look at, um, they think that people just kind of blow up overnight. Like it just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm oh, going to start no. me a business and I'm going to be boom, bam. And, and, and it's not that way. So you, yeah, you know, what, what, I, what I will say is that I think that people that, People that have longevity in any industry, whether it's mm-hmm. fashion, hair, real estate, mm-hmm. we've been doing this before social media even was existing. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be, you have to be committed to the grind. You have to put in the work. Right. Now there are some people that there are some people that will have overnight successes, but that's very far in, in between. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta, you gotta put in the work. You right. have to be consistent about putting in the work. So like right now, I'm sitting in the parking lot, I'm about to hike after I get off with you. I literally am still grinding like it's the first day Funky Flair got a logo. And right. I say that because I have on, from head to toe, I have on a Funky Flair sweatsuit. And on the back of my sweatshirt, it has my website, my boutique address, and my phone number. Okay. It's a bit over the top, however, but as I'm hiking up that hike, somebody's going to see the front of my sweatshirt and be like, oh, that's cute. And they're going to see the back where you can get it. Like, it's, I'm always in grind mode because yeah. again. People, people that people that are listening to this podcast right now, this is the first time that they've ever heard of Funky Flair. That's right. People that are outside hi- people that are outside hiking, they don't know where, where Funky Flair is. Some of them might even live two blocks from the store and mm-hmm. never know. So you have to always be committed to the grind and always promote what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's 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 great. How do you, um, as you've gone through this journey, how have you managed self doubt? How have I managed self-doubt? Wow, that's a good question. Um, get out of my own head. Mm-hmm. Get out of my own way. And I am I am super duper duper prayerful. Um, super duper. I can't express that enough. Um, when I have moments of doubt, when I have moments of fear, when I just keep when I feel like I just okay, what do I do? What do I do? The person that I go to is God. And I know sometimes I'll be like, oh, God, 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 God. Like, for me, that's real. Mm-hmm. I talk to God. I sit in my prayer closet. And I really have a prayer closet. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. <laughs> and I talk to him. And I know that most of us want God to tear the roof off and say, Saran, thou do it this or you should do it that. That's not how it happens. You have to literally sit and be still. Mm-hmm. Not literally sit and be still and 
mean, yes, you can sit being be, sit be still in that moment, but you have to once you pray about something and something is going on in your life, you have to be open and wanting to hear the answer, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So in the moment of self doubt, when I'm going to him and I'm praying to him, I have the mindset of whatever it is he tells me to do, whether I like it or not, I gotta move because that's what he wants me to do. So that's how I deal with self doubt, and I mean I am human. You know, mm-hmm. right now we have a pandemic, and I'm like, oh, shoot, like, what's your ever happened? Like, right. I love, 97% of my business has been in store, but because I now am closed, I've had to become up with creative ways, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, when I open up the store, are the people going to come back, or what's going to happen? So, it's it's a little bit of self-doubt currently, but I'm like, you know what, God, I know you got me. I know you got me, I know that I'm going to put in this work. So far as self-doubt, I personally go to prayer, and anybody that was asking that question about what they should do, I would say go to God. Yeah. If you don't know God, whoever your Allah is, whoever your spiritual being is higher than you, go to that thing and shout it out. Kiki ha ha and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's really great advice. You know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about um, just reflecting even on my own life and how what you're saying applies to me even. Just, you know, when you Go to God or your higher, the higher being that you worship um, or acknowledge. You have to be able <laughs> and willing to move in the direction that God moves you. And um, I was just talking to someone on another podcast, Tashi, in fact, about um, how when uh actually it might have been to my how maybe both <laughs> how when you pray and you get the like sometimes you're you're fearful about going to God because you know maybe you're not ready for that answer you because we ha- we want to control so much ourselves we want to have full right. control we don't want to hand it over and so by praying and asking God for an answer and for action um, you know, he, it may be a little, it may look a little different than what we would like it to look. So, um, yeah, that is, I, I always say yeah. it's like a really courageous thing to actually pray. It's, it's a, <laughs> you, you, you know, I think that, I think prayer, it's, it, I think what happens is that people, they always feel like, oh, they're only going to God to pray when something bad is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to God when something good is happening. It's like, yeah. you tell your husband, girl, I got a new book. He's talking to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. God wants you just to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to him and you give him the honor and the glory and you and you you have that bond with him, like you will just you will manifest just greatness. You know, and I think that people will be thinking, Oh, you have to go to him like you talking in Shakespeare for like no. heavenly <laughs> Like I don't I don't talk to God like that. I'd be like, Hey, it's me again. It's a little a little yeah. on four levels. It's me. Guess what happened? Oh wait, you already know what happened. Like, it's not just yeah. that, but that comes with just your relationship with him. Yeah. You know, it's, again, going from private school, I used to always, dear Heavenly Father, you know, the whole protocol, but at 42, <laughs> God is me. Because he knows your heart anyway. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you want to do before you even open up your mouth. So if you have this conversation with him, the self-doubt that you may be feeling, he already knows that you're feeling a certain kind of right. way. And he's gonna he's gonna make it work out for you regardless. And I think that as humans we get in our own way. The thing about it is if God tells you no, just realize that he has something better for you on the other side. Yeah. Like 
what we think about is, oh my God, this is big and major. Oh my God, what's going to happen? He has something that's more phenomenal, more epic, more iconic than we even fathom. So just, you know, let that self-doubt go. And just give you. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you've already talked about um, your relationship with fashion, you know, um, where you got it from, your in, the, those who influenced you in terms of fashion. Um, what would you say fashion means to you? So it means, you know, something to different people. So like um, for me, fashion is representative of, I, I really think, like I, I mentioned to you about my mom. And, um, how I own what I put out, you know, I really feel like it rep I, I'm able to represent myself, um, express myself, you know, so what does it mean to you? Fashion to me is life. Um, I live, I try to live abundantly and I try to live positively. And I think that's what, that's what fashion is. Fashion is energy. Mm -hmm. Fashion is movement. Fashion is music. Fashion is people. Happy people, that is. Uh, fashion is what gives me life. Like, mm -hmm. I breathe, eat, sleep this. And honestly, if, if one day we woke up and we didn't have to wear clothes, I would be going to somebody's bush and making bush broth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, it's just fashion is... It's just more more than anything. It's colorful. It's just life. Everything mm -hmm. that you think of an abundant, happy life, I think that that's what fashion is. Mm -hmm. um, it makes me smile. Um, it makes me just come alive. And, yeah. and and as you know, I have a, I have a big personality. I have a bubble mm -hmm. personality, and I that's just what fashion is to me. I think that when I put on clothes, it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. When you feel good, you look good. Your energy inside and out. It's just, it's just life. That's your life. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, you know, because there are people who, um, other people who feel like um, fashion is almost, I've experienced where people almost try to shame you because you care about what you look like or what you put on your back or what, you know. And so um, it's a vessel. It's a, it's a vehicle. It's a vehicle toward expression and like you said you know for you fashion is life it makes you feel alive it um it has the ability sometimes like if you are not feeling the, the greatest putting on something nice and making yourself feel or look good makes you feel better <laughs> you know so um it can be therapeutic um so i think that um the way that you express it in terms of just being um that's how, that's how I feel like you're expressing it, like a vehicle, a vehicle toward yeah. who you are. So that, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, and like, for example, like right now, I know everybody is quarantined and chilling, and, you know, I, I've seen different memes and people posting on Instagram and on their stories, and they're like, oh, my God, to the living room I go, to the kitchen I go. But you could still, even in your home, if you've been in your pajamas for three days, uh, no, 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 you can still get cute. You know what I'm saying? You Amen. Can, even if, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for me, I'm a single girl. I'm not dating anybody right now. I need, I need a boo. But I, I'm not dating anybody, and it's mm -hmm. just me and Callie. However, I still make it a point to get up and get dressed. Now, am I mm -hmm. putting on one of my tutu? No. But mm -hmm. if I wanted to, I would because it makes me feel good. It makes mm -hmm. me feel alive. And even for those that are 
the mommies are at home, you know, doing homeschool and all these mm-hmm. different things. Just because you're at home with the kids, you can still get cute, whether it's putting on that lipstick or putting your hair in a cute bun mm-hmm. or putting on an arrogant lip gloss. You can still feel a lot. Yeah. Fashion is not just the quintessential clothes piece of it. It's mm-hmm. the whole entire look. That's right. You know what I mean? From head to toe. Mm-hmm. So just come alive. Yeah. Fashion is life. The experience that you describe, the experience that you offer people when they come into Funky Flare Boutique is what you're talking about, like from head to toe. Yes. Um, I make my kids get up every day and get dressed, you know, so they sit, yeah. up, they sit at the kitchen table, <laughs> dressed and ready for school. Um, one of them is, one of them on board with it. You know, she's a true fashionista at her, with her eight year old. But the other one, my 10 year old baby, he's like, oh, (laughs) yeah, but I still make her do it. Even when you, even when you get dressed for the day, whether, even if we weren't in COVID, Mm -hmm. when you get dressed, it's just how people perceive you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just the energy that you give off when you feel like you look bomb. Like that energy is, is going through the retro waves and spirit of the universe and you're attracting other people. You're gonna get that compliment. You're gonna get that 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 dialogue. You're gonna get that promotion because you feel good. You feel like a boss. You know what I'm saying? Like even my gardener, I told him the other day, I said, Girl, them boots is popping. She had on these gardener boots and it was actually cute and the look that she had on her face, the smile that she gave me. Yeah, she's in the garden getting up earthworms and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but she still was high in the garden. Yeah. It's all about, and I was like, you know what? I'm about to give Consuela an extra $10 tip. She's out here looking for my grass. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, just, it's just, when you when you look good, you feel good no matter what industry you're in. You know, whether it's gardening, healthcare, fashion, yeah. real estate, professor, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I agree. You're in People pay attention to you. you they know, do. They want. Yeah. They pay attention. Yeah. yeah, it's true. What are the um, What are the top characteristics that you would say um, someone starting a new business should entertain? What What are the top key things that they should be thinking about? Um, what they should be thinking about is truly know your craft. I, I cannot express that enough. I think that people say, oh, people think that because they, they they think that they dress cute or their friends have told them that they dress cute, they think that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It goes so much deeper than that. You have to really know fabrics, textiles, um, things of that nature. So a character is knowing your craft mm-hmm. and understanding the craft. Um, taking classes in fashion, you know what I'm saying? Going to the trade show, taking a webinar, or getting other people, finding a ment- mentor that does what you want to do. Um, another characteristic is that you have to outwork yourself. The only competition you have is you versus you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's being an entrepreneur. I have never worked as hard for myself that I've done for anybody else. Yeah. Like I am always working. Like it doesn't stop unless I turn my phone off. And then I'm, as I turn my phone off, I'm still thinking like, Oh my God, I'm missing something. Somebody's calling me. Somebody's asking about a piece. Um, just, just do you. You have to put in the work. Um, uh, know your craft, you versus you, and I'm going to go back to prayer. Stay prayed up because running a business or just elevating to any level of you're trying to grow, you got to stay prayed up because when you start off, the people that you think that are for you, sometimes you leave them behind. And it's not in a cocky or boastful 
way. Yeah. It's just that it's just as you grow, this whole mantra, the saying that, that it's only at the top, mm-hmm. I actually agree with that because mm-hmm. people that I started out with that were friends and that were family, that were, oh, I'm going to help teach you, I'm going to support her, I'm going to support her. As I've grown, those people have shifted. Not because of me per se, but because of their own individual thing. Or sometimes some people don't want to see you or they can't accept your growth. Yeah. So with that being said, you have to stay prayed up because you start to, you start to think that, is it me? Am I changing? No. At the core, you're still going to be the same quintessential person who you are. It's just that your circumstances change. You are you. So I would say prayer, knowing your craft, and you versus you. Yeah, that, and that segues perfectly into the next question I have for you. So um, here on Phenomenal Woman Wednesday, I've talked about um, the front row seat, you know, um, those who occupy the front row seat in your life. You know, sometimes those seats, um, they get they shift. So you may have a team of people in your life that really have direct access to you. And then over time, um, the the relationships don't really serve one another well. So that seat has to be cleared out or, um, and, and not necessarily cleared out, but just um, shifted just a little bit. Maybe you don't like get rid of those people, you know, they're, they're not right. really, you know, losing friendships, but maybe they now take a second, third row, <laughs> you know, in your right. life. Right. So, um, so what yep. are your thoughts or on that? Or nosebleed. <laughs> or nosebleed. Yeah, or nosebleed. Exactly. Yeah. Right. According, you act accordingly to what's appropriate for the situation. But so what's, what are your right. thoughts on that about um, people deserving a front row scene? You kind of alluded to that, but um, who deserves a front row scene in your life? What do you think about that? Um, I, wow, this is, this is, wow, this is about to be probably the most transparent that I have. I've done a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of interviews. And what I will say to answer that, everybody is not meant to go. Um, when I first moved, when I first said that I was going to move to Atlanta to open up my store, baby, some of the people that I saw, some, some of my some of my own store wars, some mm-hmm. of the people that I grew up with since the sandbox were like, girl, mm-hmm. you ain't going to open up no store, or oh, you'll be back, or why would you want to do this? And when I had the grant, I moved to Atlanta, started getting popping. And then I actually opened up the storefront. I had people fly in, the same very people that said I wasn't going to do it. They flew in just to see. Mm-hmm. They're like, and then I, one of these people in particular, she's like, oh, I said that you opened up, that's cute. You're not going to make it here. I'm like, wow, you actually said that out loud. Okay. Um, and now seven years later, she is, she has to watch me perform every single day of her life. And it's not a, it's not, it, it's not. I think for that situation, it hurt me because this is somebody that was close to me. Mm-hmm. However, it's not a loss, it's a lesson. Mm-hmm. When you're on your journey to greatness, you cannot always share everything with everybody. Yes. Everybody can't handle Everybody can't handle what you're about to do. Yes. So in the midst of your journey, in the midst of you growing, you have to recognize the shift. And as you're shifting, that comes with prayer and that comes from, you know, experiences that it's not a bad thing that, that that this particular person said that to me. It was a wake-up call for me because mm-hmm. I needed her to do that because it showed me who she was as a person. But then also it helped me for other people that were going to come along my path that may do the same situation. So when I see it once, I know what to do the second and third time. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is not meant to go. Um, everybody is not meant to know your each and every move. That mm-hmm. goes for family members as well, family, yes. friends. Um I think that in your journey, you you need to surround yourself 
with like-minded individuals. I have a friend right now who is close and dear to my heart. I cannot share everything with her because I know right now in her personal life, she's got some things going on and she's not in a good space. Mm-hmm. Now, should I damper my my joys and what I'm going to do for that? I just am not sharing with her, sharing that with her right now. Mm-hmm. But that's also being aware of who your friends are and yeah. being aware of their situation. So there's certain friends that I may hang out and go to a Jeezy concert with, but I would never go to a ballet with. Mm-hmm. So I think you just have to be aware and differentiate who's who's in what category, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense because I, I call it I call it my I have a board, so I have uh-huh. board members. So um, the board okay. is and and, it, and these people are pretty stationary. The board has been you know it's worked out well. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. I've had to kind of replace a member or two, but for the most part, right. the board is the board, and right. I go to the board with certain things not everything but certain things like okay um board um i'm thinking about this 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 you know what do you think you know um and then i can kind of get some honest feedback or um just you know just but they're the people in my life that i really trust that have demonstrated that they are worthy of that kind of information. Right, right, um, but right. I don't share everything. I have learned um, over time because, yeah. you know, you get excited and you want to share. You want, you know, you, you feel these people love you and they want, they want what's good for you. But right. we're human. <laughs> we're human. Yeah. And so if somebody, like you mentioned about your friend, if somebody's not in a good space, it may not be, they may not be able to support what you want wholeheartedly and I believe right. in energy I believe mm-hmm. in energy so I believe that um when people talk about um and that's a that's a, a whole entirely different podcast but when t- people talk about like voodoo and and things like that I believe that people can just wish bad upon you so you don't want to put oh, your absolutely. ideas out there and have somebody have them in the hands of someone who doesn't really propel them forward they're they're right. masking themselves as some as a supporter, but they're really not. And you know, so now you got to combat that energy <laughs> with positive energy. You know, so I yeah. um, you have to be very careful. I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and like I, I look at, for example, who I think is just a dope business owner uh, uh, between Puffy or Jay Z. Pick, mm-hmm. pick who you ever want. I remember, for example, with Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Jay Z started off with Game and Dash, right? Mm-hmm. Game and Dash and Game Dash and another uh, gentleman by the name of uh, Biggie. Mm-hmm. And when they all started, they were like Rockefeller, da 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 da. Right. And as you know, they dash is super duper over the top and super duper boastful and just arrogant and he blows money. Mm-hmm. Jay Z saw a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, we can now see where Jay Z is versus Dame Dash. Right. No shade. Jay Dash, he's not a has been, but kind of sort of. He still get money, but he's not on the level of a Jay Z. Jay Z right. has. Beyonce is a wonderful wife. That's, that's iconic. Right. You've got a basketball <laughs> team. You've got, you know, you have your own uh, label. You have you have so much. So with that being said, as you grow, everybody is not. And I remember an article that I read about Jay. Jay was trying to tell Dame, like, yo, if we do it this way, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Dame was like, no, we can keep popping bottles and having video girls. And it's going to be Gucci. But we see where Dame is versus Jay-Z. Yeah. So, you know, it's unfortunate that they don't have a friendship. I did an article recently 
where they're actually cool now, but it took them a while to get back to even speaking because Jay-Z saw a vision and they wanted to say the same. Mm-hmm. So you got to grow. Yeah. And when you grow, sometimes you got to leave people where they're at. Yeah. And some people, some people actually are okay with where they're at. Yeah. But for... And yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, that's fine for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, it, pretty much like what you said, um, just knowing who to tell what to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's kind of unfortunate that you can't really share your joy with everybody in your tribe. Yeah. But it is life lessons. You know, that's just part of the game. Yeah, that's very true. What can you do? <laughs> you have to accept the reality of the situation. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Finally, finally, my final question for you is, as you mentioned, we are in a global pandemic. We literally went to sleep one night free, (laughs) living life a certain way. And we woke up in an entirely different reality that seems to it it will have some long lasting effect in terms of, you know, our ability to get back to what we were or maybe it'll be different for a while. So Mm -hmm. with that, what do you think that COVID-19 is teaching us? COVID-19 is teaching us that most people are unprepared, um, teaching us that things that we were worried about really don't matter. I think that COVID has taught, well, I'm going to speak for me. Mm-hmm. I think that COVID for me has taught me that family is everything. Yeah. Um, family and friends is everything. You know, for me, I'm so busy running the boutique and trying to do this and that. I have no choice but to sit down mm-hmm. and actually cultivate the relationships and friendships that I have. Mm-hmm. Or, and or get rid of some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, COVID has taught me that not for me per se, but I think that a lot of people are unprepared. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like how everybody was running to the grocery store to get toilet tissue and and now I'm like, Y'all don't have tissue stuff. Like if you're not wiping your hands. Like I'm just doing that too. Like if you know if you if you know if you run out of paper towel, you know you can have a dishcloth to wipe your hands. So it just it just looked like it just COVID proved to me that people were unprepared and, mm-hmm. and or people are not using their common sense mm-hmm. to think rationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that COVID has taught me my relationship with God, again, is stronger than it's ever been. Not because I'm afraid, but because of the fact that I have no choice but to make the time to talk to him. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? Like, people say, oh, I'm going to pray, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You have nothing but time on your hands. Nothing but. So, COVID has taught that you can be creative um, COVID has taught that what really matters is what really matters. Because, like, right now, I can't go get my hair done. I can't go get my, well, we don't know how to do that, but most people can't get their hair and their nails done. Mm-hmm. I can't go out and have cocktails. Right. Uh, I'm having Zoom meetings, having cocktails. It's just cultivating, basically enhancing your life. Whatever you were trying to do or wanting to do, you got all the time in the world right now to do it. Yeah. And make it great. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Um, I I was talking to my husband about this where I was telling him, I said, you know, um, in, in, a, in many ways, I'm kind of enjoying, and I, I say that um, with a, a sensitive 
with a sensitivity toward those who are not having a good time because there are people who really are right. not having a good time. And so I, I'm right. definitely sensitive to that. But just in my own bubble reality, just not being having to go run to softball practice and football practice and, um, you know, running here and running there and trying to, you know, juggle work. And I'm still juggling work, but in a different way, you know, right. and right. Um, actually being able to, we're back to, all my kids are home where, you know, we, we sit down and we, we have dinner, all of us, all of my, cause I, I have lots, of, I have lots of children. And so, <laughs> and so, um, and they're adult. Like I have, you know, half of them are adult and, you know, the other half are, 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 you know, minors. And so, um, getting all of those people on board, you know, to sit at the table at every night to have dinner with competing schedules, you know, sometimes difficult, but now we're back to, you know, having family time. We sit out on the deck and, you know, turn on the fire pit and enjoy each other. Um, I get to hear about their dreams. You know, I get to see things, um, happening and not that we didn't communicate before, but it's, it's a, there's a different richness in our communication. And so, um, and I, I feel more like a whole person, um, you know, just not being, having to split myself into, you know, quadrants (laughs) to be able to be effective in all these different areas of my life. And so, um, we have some home, um, projects that we're working on. My husband is installing floors. You know, pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be beautiful. They're going to be yeah. beautiful. No, they'll be beautiful. It's just, you know, he he's a leader and um, he doesn't <laughs> like necessarily, you know, to have my input. <laughs> and I don't have, I have a problem not providing it. So, <laughs> so we're managing okay. that process. Okay. But, but okay. yeah, so I, um, anyhow, um, yeah, it, I, I agree with you about time and, and what we do with it and, um, you know, it providing us the opportunity to actually reconnect with ourselves and those who we love as opposed to, you know, running on the, in that hamster wheel constantly, just running, 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 yeah. running. So. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I definitely think it's just a, a reassessment, you know, for me mm-hmm. personally and professionally. Professionally, I've had to reassess on how, how I do things online. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, since 97% of my business is in store, I now have to think about what if, because I think it's going to happen again, mm-hmm. what if this happens again? Yeah. How am I going to still be able to function in what's going to be our now new normal? Right. So, professionally reassessing and even personally reassessing, what is it that I want Keisha to be? God forbid if I didn't wake up tomorrow morning, what would I want people to say about me? What legacy do I want to leave behind? You know what I'm saying? So it's just reassessing who I am as a person and the energy that I want to continue to give off. And just to sit down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm a busy body. I needed to get some good rest. I slept. I've been sleeping good, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been yeah. actually enjoying my home. And it's funny because when you said your husband's working on a project, I actually started doing things at my house that I've been kind of putting on the back burner. Like, I still got, I moved into my townhouse townhouse three years ago and I still got boxed mm-hmm. but because we've had COVID I've been home yeah. so I have no choice but to unbox these boxes and then Callie is going through the boxes and I gotta mm-hmm. deal with her but it's been it's been good I've been actually able to enjoy my home I've been actually able to get to know who my neighbors are 
in my mm-hmm. subdivision. Mm-hmm. Um, some I don't like, some I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just personally, professionally, just reassessing and just actually stopping and to smell the flowers, not just the roses, just all the flowers. Mm-hmm. They all have different fragrances and they all give off different things and just beauty. So that's what I was saying. Perfect. Well, that concludes our interview. I'm so grateful for you taking time to to do this interview with me and share about Funky Flair Boutique and, and share Keisha Denise with my listeners. I personally see you as a phenomenal woman, which is why I reached out to you. And um, I'm sure that my listeners are going to walk away with some really golden nuggets to apply to their own lives. And thank you. And I and thank you, and I, from, and I want to say thank you from one phenomenal woman to another phenomenal woman, and those that are listening, you guys are phenomenal women, because y'all are phenomenal by listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, thank you for having me on. I am humbly honored to even be considered phenomenal and to be a part of your movement, your podcast. You're doing amazing things. I am going to continue to pray for you, and I want this podcast to be on every platform. I want to see you in Essence. I want to see you in Forbes. And you're dope. And continue to be dope. And listeners, y'all better continue to listen to how dope she is because she is phenomenal. Amen. I receive it. (laughs) I receive it. Yeah. um, Amen. So tell tell them where they can find you on Instagram. And I'll also leave a link to your your website so they can shop Funky Flair Boutique. Okay, cool beans. Everybody, I am on every platform. I am on Facebook, Instagram, and it is literally the handle of Funky Flair Boutique, and that's S-U-N-K-Y Flair, F-L-A-I-R Boutique, B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-E. I do have a website, FunkyFlairBoutique.com, just like how it's spelled, and then also if you are in the Atlanta area, and you want to come down to the Dirty South and get some soup stuff, uh, we are located at 3020 Canton Road, Marietta, Georgia, 0066. I am in the city of Atlanta, or the outskirts of Atlanta, so from the city, quote-unquote, I'm about maybe 15, 20 minutes from the outskirts. So, Funky Fair Boutique, we got a physical location, all social media, check us out. Cute stuff, y'all. Cute stuff. And affordable. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, girl. <laughs>